Oh yeah, podcast here giving us fun. Yeah, we're going to have fun today. Um, So drink your Kool-Aid, get in the hammock, and let's start listening. Hey everybody, it's me, Harlow Williams, here on the Hall on Highway. Thank you very much. Uh, Wild show today, man. We got some cool stuff. We're going to be talking about fat people at the gym. Uh, yeah, fat people at the gym. Um, we're going to be getting into, uh, some politics a little bit. I got an interesting email from someone regarding a rant I did about, uh, President Obama handing out rich people's money to everyone else. Um, so that is a cool email I'm going to talk about. Um, and then we have a very special guest today. This is the beginning of quite a number of interviews to come through over the next few weeks. Uh, my celebrity guest friend is here. I won't tell you who it is. He's uh, interesting. He's entertaining. He's provocative. You might love him. You might hate him, but, uh, nonetheless, fun to talk to, great to listen to, good stories, revealing, interesting. I think you're going to like it. And then, uh, of course it's, uh, the second Friday and that means it's time for me to do my therapy session with Dr. Ascot. Good Lord, I want to jump off a building here on the Harlan Highway! Welcome to the Harlan Highway. You fellas been doing a bit of boozing, have you? Sucking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine? There's an element of uncontrolled chaos. The Harlan Highway. Serving everyone from presidents and kings to the scum of the earth. What a treat. Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. You need many years of therapy. Hey, Harland, it's Stephanie from Denver. Just do me. You might want to think twice before sticking your penis in there. Just do me. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. All right, everybody, this is me, Harland Williams, here on the Harland Highway with you, and I'm so excited, I'm very genuinely excited, because one of my favorite people here, one of the few people in Hollywood that really, really (laughs) makes me laugh so much that it hurts, and we're going to talk about that when we get going here, but uh, this isn't about... uh, just uh making you laugh we're gonna we're gonna talk about some heart to heart things we're gonna talk about funny things serious things he's my buddy you know him you love him andrew dick is here hello can i call you andrew yeah well my mom used to call me andrew when she'd be mad at me oh well i'm not mad at you well no i'm just happy you're here i'm do i seem mad i thought you were because you called me andrew i am a little a little agitated Why? Well, I don't know. I just, I don't know. But what if I called you Andrew Zachary Dick? Is that, is that your middle name? No, it's Roan. R-O-A-N-E. Roan. Andrew Roan Dick. A cool name. Roan. Yeah. That's, yeah. Is that, that's got to have a hidden meaning like rising sun or <laughs> flaming waffle. What, what, what does Roan mean? That's unbelievable. Flaming fag. Flaming <laughs> No, it's 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 like my great aunt's last name or something like that. Rome. Do you know the only reason I'm even here in L.A.? I'm going to take these headphones yeah, off Yeah, take them off. Echoing. They don't look good on you. You look like <laughs> Princess Leia with glasses. Yeah. Just not, that's not the look for you. That's what was making me angry. Oh, okay. Now that they're off, I, everything, I not, feel good. Not so agitated. Yeah. The, wow. Um, 
Nice. But when I'm out here in L.A. because yeah. I had I had a, a relative mm-hmm. um, die that I had never met, and she did not have a will, and she must have been made of money because when she died, uh, when you don't have a will, it, it goes into probate and it gets just spread around to all the relatives. And I was like a distant like like cousin, uh, you know, so I wasn't even very closely related to her so i got like one eighth of one sixteenth of one tenth of whatever her fortune was which turned out to be ten thousand dollars wait a minute i, I thought i was expecting like you said she was very wealthy i was expecting ten million dollars well, ten thousand dollars is a lot dollars. that's a lot of money to an 18 year old that's it was, true it was just enough for me to buy a car for a thousand bucks and take the rest of it and move out here I so now you're crap. down to nine and it probably took you about three hundred and gas to get out of here. Yeah. So now you're down to eight thousand yeah. seven hundred. Cut right to it. The money was gone in like three months. Three months. It was like three to six months. Can I it was say gone. three days? Maybe did you stop at Burger King? <laughs> That's another seven dollars. Okay. Anyways, I'm here. You're here. You're we're, welcome. And, we're, I am welcome. And, th- and thank you to whoever, whatever her, her name was. Did, you know. didn't even know who didn't this never wonderful saint no. left you a, a, the she mother must load? She not have been that much of a wonderful saint because she didn't have a will and nobody knew her. Nobody. She, she, she was a recluse, almost like you up here in this <laughs> castle. <laughs> I know. What? Well, wait a minute. Let's. I, I th- felt like you just sidestepped the mystery aunt. I mean, I'm, I don't know her. I'm, There's nothing gonna... to talk about. I've never met her. I'm here. Ten thousand bucks. I'm here. Thank you, Mrs. Roan. Well, we have to know now what what the the full sum of the money was. I mean, you said it got broken down to I, thousands of exactly. people. Exactly. I think it was it was millions. So yeah. It was millions, I'm guessing. If I got $10,000. Wow. What if her name was Fannie Mae? <laughs> you ever hear that, the Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae? What if she was Fannie wow. Mae? Wow. That's where all the money is. Wow. And she broke it down. Here's, here's a question. This brings up a question. Okay, you'll know the answer to this. Okay. We've got this damn economy, right? And everybody's out on their ass. And then you got these philanthropists. Like, uh, you know, Bill Gates and uh, Warren Buffett and all these people. I just saw the social network. Is Mark Zuckerberg on that list? He, he could be a philanthropist. I think he's giving money to people, yeah. Well, here's the deal. These guys give away billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. They give away, let's say, uh, $12 billion. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they give away $12 billion. Uh-huh. There's only 300 million people in the United States. Uh-huh. So why not give a million dollars to 300 million people. If you can afford to give away billions, surely you can so, give away 300 million. So three, so 300 million, that means you would give away, are you saying a million dollars to 300 people? Oh. It's only 300 no, three, people. No, 300 million people. So, oh, so, but if, so, a billion dollars, by the way, is only... A thousand millions. Did you know that? I looked it up recently. Oh, it is. I looked so it up. So I'm way out to you're lunch way, here. Yeah, you're not right. Wow. I looked it up, I'm though. Re- right. Like, literally looked it up yesterday. I'm like, how much is a billion? Because yeah. Mark Zuckerberg is worth six or seven billion, but Facebook, his company is worth 25 billion. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, a billion is, is, is a million millions, but it's not. I it's want a thousand million. It's a thousand million. So if he had. A billion dollars, he'd be able to give a million dollars to just a thousand people. That's not a lot of people. We should start a Facebook for teenagers and call it Zit Facebook. <laughs> Me and you will make a killing. What do you think? I'm into it. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
Oh, yeah, indeed. Uh, Andy Dick, everybody. Uh, I, I just love talking to Andy. You never know what he's going to come up with. Um, that's the first part of my long interview with Andy. Um, I don't know if you're a fan or you're not a fan, but either way, uh, a provocative interview, to say the least. Uh, I'm going to keep the uh, interview going uh, over the next two weeks. And, uh, you know, we get into some really cool stuff. We get into some funny stuff, but we even get into uh, areas that are, uh, you know, even touchy. You know, we, we even get to some places where, uh, you know, Andy talks about uh, about uh, his drinking. He talks about his shenanigans. He talks about suicide. He uh, He talks about a lot of cool things. And there's a lot of humor and and a lot of uh, wearing his heart on his sleeve throughout these interviews. Um, So uh, hang in for the next couple of weeks, and uh, we are going to be featuring my chit-chats with a really funny guy who puts it all out there, uh, Andy Dick. And like I said, you may like him, you you may not like him. By the end of the interviews, maybe you will like him. If you didn't like them, or maybe you won't like them if you did like them. Who knows, but uh, a lot of fun. My thanks to Andy, so hang in for the next few weeks because uh, we're going uh, to be hearing it all right here on the Harland Highway. Uh, one. Uh, two. Uh, one more, one more, one more. Three. Oh. Yeah, the gym. Who goes to the gym, man? Who goes through that holy hell, that torture, trying to get ripped, and you know you don't got a chance in hell? Still you go. You pull your lazy ass to the gym, and you go work out, and then you stop at McDonald's on the way home. Yeah. Well, if I go to the gym, I should be able to eat a Big Mac. I mean, it all balances out, and then, yeah, way to go, genius. And to make it even worse, and I know you've all seen this, man. There's that one guy or that one girl who's dressed in quote-unquote gym wear, you know, a headband and a cut-off shirt. The sleeves are cut off, and they got the tight pants and the tight shorts. They got the weightlifter's belt. The only problem is they look like Rush Limbaugh. You know what I mean? Like a big fatty with a toupee. And he's maybe like 15 years too old to be in a gym. And like 25 years too old to be even attempting to wear some of that clothing. And you're just like, how does that person not get it? Everyone in the gym can see. You're a nightmare. They don't know. How do they not know? Gyms are full of mirrors. Everyone's standing there gawking at themselves. What's wrong with that one bad dresser gym guy who you look at him and you go, this is why I came to the gym. I never want to look like you. But they're oblivious. They just think they're cool and everything's all right. I don't know. It's enough to make you want to cancel your membership, isn't it? Oh, yeah, you ever get the guys at the gym, too, that sweat way more than anyone else, right? And they're like on a Nautilus machine. They're on the uh, bench press or the pull-up or the chest twizzler or the Korean 
toenail lifter. I don't know what these machines are. And you got your eye on this guy, and he's huffing and puffing away, and you're like, come on, dude. I don't care about your fitness. I care about my fitness. I don't care if you die tomorrow. I care about if, you know, you, you got that. It's like, come on. You're already fat. The odds of you sticking with your gym membership, the odds of you ever losing the way you look. Come on, just get out of the way. Let me do it. I'm, I'm four pounds lighter than you. I at least have a chance. Oh, and then finally they get off the equipment and you go off. Oh, finally, you go running over and you're like, Arr! you stop and you look at the leather seat where the person was sitting. And there's a big wet patch of sweat. It looks like the Shroud of Turin. Or it looks like somebody literally like dumped a jug of water on the on the leather. And you're like, oh, God, I can't sit on that. If I sit on that, my clothing is going to absorb that sweat stain. Or my flesh is going to touch that salty, warm sweat water. You know what? Screw it. I'm going for a pizza. I mean, really, isn't that just. A pain in the ass. You make the effort. You put on the gym stuff. You get there. You pass up a party on Saturday night. You know, no, I'm going to be good. I'm going to go to the gym. You get there and you got to deal with that. Some big, hairy, chubby guy leaves a giant sweat. You're like, screw this. Give me a milkshake, a pack of cigarettes. And let me go stand in an x-ray machine. See how much cancer I can get. Anything but this... Shroud of Turin sweat stain. I mean, you know there's a lot of moisture there when you look and you think you can see polywogs swimming around on the on the leather seat. I mean, that guy left a lot of water. There's an ecosystem. There's lily pads on the Nautilus machine, on the chest press. Good Lord. I don't need it. So there you go. For all you guys that that, that leave uh, leave water, why don't you uh, invest in uh, some sponge underpants? And do us all a favor. Hello. Hello there, Mr. Harlan Williams on the Harland Highway. Thank you for getting that stupid song stuck in my stupid head. Have a great day, Canadian brother. Call from Calgary. <laughs> I love it. Uh, in case you don't know what that uh, listener uh, was referring to, last week I played kind of a cruel trick on you guys. I uh, kept dropping in a riff from a song by Nana Cherry, and I said, you know what? You guys are going to get this stuck in your head. We're getting out there with seven seconds and waiting. And I know a lot of you <laughs> hummed it or are still humming it. And uh, this was one of the guys, uh, one of my uh, Canadian buddies from Canada. And I guess I got him. But I, I love the way he goes, thank you for getting that stupid song stuck in my stupid head. Thank you for getting that stupid song stuck in my stupid head. <laughs> I know there's more of you out there, 
If you want to call and tell me about it, you can. 888-500-2090. Oh, I knew that experiment would work. I love playing with your minds, people. Haven't you figured it out? This is all just a big mind trick. Ah! Not really. But I appreciate the feedback from Calgary. And here's some more feedback. This is a great letter that I got. uh, Because outside of calling me, you can also write me at harlemwilliams.com. And, uh, you know, every now and then I touch on politics. And it's always a risky thing to approach because people are so sensitive about their politics. People people can get very passionate. People can be blinded by their politics and just go into a rage. You know, no matter what you say, no matter how much sense you make or lack of sense you make, pe- people will get tipped off at uh, at your point of view. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just a question of your affiliation. Well, whatever, that guy's a Democrat. That guy's a Republican. You know. So I'm always a little uh, hesitant to, uh, you know, express any political views. But I figure it's it's a fun thing to do. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, I share my thoughts and opinions with you people here. I never claim to be right about anything. It's all just food for thought here on the highway. But I got a great letter from a guy. Uh, recently, I did a, a thing about how Obama seems to want to tax the rich. And he wants to uh, spread the wealth around. And he thinks it's uh, perfectly normal and legitimate to grab wealthy people's money and just give it away and hand it off to other people and blah, blah, blah. So I did quite a long rant about it. And uh, I got this response from a guy named Tom, and I thought it was a great letter because uh, he wasn't uh, attacking, he wasn't being angry, he just had a great point of view, and I I thought, i got to read this and uh, address this. So here we go. This is from Tom. It says, Hi, Harland. First, I'll say I love the podcast and every movie you've been in. Okay. Second, I appreciate your views on Obama's tax plans. But I don't appreciate the way you lumped all people who would benefit from this plan as lazy-ass couch potatoes. With unemployment over 8%, there are a lot of people who want to work but can't find jobs. That 8% plus number is compromised is, uh, sorry, is comprised of people who are currently looking for work but can't find it. I know several people who make up that 8% plus. These are people who are hard workers, well-educated, willing to do pretty much anything just to put food in their kids' mouths and don't want anything that they don't deserve. Many of these people don't even apply for unemployment until they have no other choice. I also know people like you described, but far fewer, and I don't think it's fair to lump everyone this plan would benefit into one group of lazy people. Very articulate letter. And you know what? You kind of proved my point. Um, You kind of hit on my point, actually, Tom. And maybe I didn't express myself properly. Maybe I didn't communicate it properly. Maybe you didn't listen properly. I don't know. Let's not blame anybody. But what I will say is, my God, man, you are right. Okay? Um I was not of pointing the finger at people who are dedicated and willing to work. I mean, are you kidding? Most of the country is that group of people. Uh, you know, 
people should be commended for wanting to work. Of course there's people that are out of work, that are dying to work, that would do anything to work. There's people lining up at job fairs to get jobs uh, for a percentage of what they normally make. They're they're almost degrading themselves and taking jobs that don't even come close to their their skill level or their their, uh, pay level. So when I say that you made my point for me, what my rant about uh, Obama giving uh, money to people who aren't wealthy, taking from the wealthy and giving to people, it wasn't regular folks I was referring to, and maybe I didn't say it. I'm referring to that group of people that like to fleece the system, the people that could get up and work, that should get up and work, but know they're getting a handout, so they just milk the system. And they go, I should be like Bobby next door. He's out of work, too. That guy goes out every day, goes down on the employment line. He's asking people in the neighborhood. He's phoning his relatives. Anybody got some work? I want to feed my kids. I'm a hardworking, respectable guy. I'm an American citizen. I love to work. I want to work. I want to be a productive member of society. And the guy on the other side of the fence watches this and goes, man, what's he doing all the running around for, man? I'm sitting on my couch watching The Biggest Loser eating a pound cake. I'm holding a nice warm roast beef sandwich in my feet so so that as soon as the pound cake's gone, I can just bring my knees up and start eating a corn on the cob and a (laughs) roast beef sandwich. So, Tom, please understand. God bless you, man. I was not referring to normal folks. Okay, my rant was Obama taking money from the rich who worked their asses off. You know, most most rich people aren't just like trust fund babies. Most rich people are, are very aggressive. Most most rich people are determined and have dreams and, and they create things and then they in turn create jobs for other people. I was referring not to the people that want to get out and do something and and give it their all and and put in an honest effort. I was referring to the people that just bum around and feel entitled to being paid and don't want to work and have the ability to work and do it. Those are the group of lazy-ass people I was referring to. So uh, please forgive me if you uh, interpret it as something else. Or I'll forgive you for interpreting it for something else. It's just one of those things. Uh, but hopefully, uh, if you go back and listen to it again, maybe uh, maybe you'll hear it in there somewhere. And maybe I left it out. So that's why I wanted to read your letter and uh, certainly not want to offend hardworking, honest uh, people with integrity who, who, uh, who get out there and work and... Uh, you know, I, I'm still going to stand by what I said. I don't think Obama has the right to distribute uh, wealthy people's money, uh, even to, to hardworking people, as you described in your letter. I'm one of those people. I don't want some rich guy's money, okay? That guy earned it. That guy took all the risk. That guy did something in life that brought him to that money that he deserves, The best I can do is look at him as as an example and go, man, if that guy can do it, I can do it. That's what's possible in this country. 
And uh, that's the opportunity that waits out there for all of us. And uh, any hardworking individual can get there if they apply themselves. So there you go. A little bit of a uh, an email debate. I hope we're all cool, Tom. Uh, you know, feel free to write me back if I miss something here. I hope I cleared it up. Oh, if not, I should just go to the gym and dunk my head in a big pool of fat guy sweat. Um, so there you go. Problem solved. And speaking of problem solved, good Lord. It's the second Friday of this month. As you know, every other Friday I have to do my on-air therapy session with Dr. Ascot. Because the powers that be here think I'm a loose cannon. They're worried I'll say something stupid and the podcast will uh, go through litigation. So I have to prove it, make a public spectacle of myself. So uh, much to my chagrin, here we go. My Friday visit with Dr. Ascot. Uh. Hello, Dr. Ascot. Hello, Holland. Holland. Ah, why are you grunting, Holland? I don't know. I'm just what? Do, Holland. What? What are we doing? Can we just get on with this? God. Holland. Stop saying my name, Ascot. Holland. What are we doing this session? Holland life. Is full of many different components, Arland. Okay, what does that mean? Arland, sometimes life can make you stressed. Sometimes life can make you confused. Okay, I guess I gotta agree with that. Do you find you have many different things going on at the same time in your life, Arland? Yes, I guess I do. I'm what you'd call a multitasker. Yes, you are, Holland. Well, how would you know? I look at the reports, Holland. I study my patients very deeply, Holland. Deep, deep, deep. Stop it! Holland, I want to know what are all the different components making up your life today, Holland? I don't know. I have my job. I have my friends. I have bills to pay. I have to travel. I've got family to deal with. I've, I've got chores to do. I, I've got incomplete tasks that need to be done, letters to write. I mean, it just goes on and on. And on, Arland. Yes. Arland, what you have to learn to do is take all the components together, bring them together as one, and put them in a certain harmony and make them digestible, Arland. Okay, so you're saying I take all these things going on in my life that are causing me stress, I kind of put them in order, so to speak, and kind of ball them together as one unit so that they're palatable? Digestible, Holland. Exactly. You know what, Ascot? That 
kind of makes sense. Well, how do I do that? I want you to complete a little exercise for me, Arland, and that should do the trick. Okay, well, you know what? I might actually feel good about this. It, it, a, it makes sense. B, you're not being weird and creepy. Arland. Well, you're not. This almost feels like it might be something I can take away from here. I like the way you said take away, Arland. Well, thank you. What, what is this exercise? Arland, what I want you to do is go out into the street today. I am going to give you a list of tasks to complete. Okay, interesting. I want you to collect a series of things, of items. Okay. All over the city. I want you to go from one end of the city to the next and bring all the items back, put them together as one, and find clarity, Arland. You know what, Ascot? I like this. Okay, give me the list. What do we got? Excellent, Arland. Here's the list. Why don't you take a quick look at it, but not too much, and get out of here quickly. Well, wait a minute. Don't just push me out the door. I'd like to know where I'm going. Arland, why don't you just go, not ask a lot of questions, and come back as quickly as you can, let's say, before one o'clock. Okay, I can get back by lunchtime. Relax. Do you mind if I read the list if I'm... Arland, just go. I'm going to read the list before I go out there. If you must, Arland. Okay, thank you. Okay, so I'm going to go out into the city... What's this say? Two pieces of white bread. Okay, interesting. I get it. You're going esoteric on me. Exactly, Arland. All right. Some bologna, some salami, and some mustard. Yes, Arland. Hot mustard. Okay, interesting. Okay. What else do we have here? Potato salad... Not the greasy kind with the big chunks, but the fine potato salad. Okay, interesting. Yes, why don't you get going, Arland? It's almost one o'clock. Would you relax? I'm almost done the list. Yes, Arland. Let's see, what's this? A bottle of cream soda. And for dessert, a chocolate cake? Well, what does that mean, dessert? Nothing, Arland. Please get going. Wait a minute. What is this? Two pieces of white bread? What is this? Some mu mustard? Salami bologna? Is this your damn lunch menu, Gascot? Arlen, just go and do the exercise. You want me to go get you the, your goddamn lunch? Arlen, that's not what this is about. Then what's with the chocolate cake for dessert, it says? It was just supposed to say chocolate cake, Arlen. Dessert was a typo. Yeah, well, you tipped your hat, Ascot. And what's this business? Get it back here by one o'clock. I'm hungry, Arland. I want my lunch. Up yours, Ascot. Get out of here. What about the drive-thru? Can you get to the drive-thru for me, Arland? Get out of here. Go get your own lunch. I'm making me go out to... I'm pouring my heart and soul out here, and you're making me... Get out of here. What about something at 7-Eleven? I know they have hot dogs. Get out! God!
What an idiot. Can you believe that jerk? Gets me to pour out my heart and soul, and the whole thing was just about me going out and getting his lunch. What a... How much longer do I have to do this crap with this moron? Unreal. Well, I hate to end the show on such a sour note. God. Uh, well, let me just say thanks for joining. Thank thank God you don't have to sit down with Dr. Ascot. What a dillweed. Oh, get out! <sighs> Well, anyways, it was a good week. It was a great show. Thank you for uh, being here. Um, Keep in mind, please, and thank you. If you want to see me uh, live doing some sweet stand-up comedy, uh, you can check me out at the Stress Factory in New Jersey. I'll be there April 28th, 29th, and 30th. Great club. It's my first time out there at the Stress Factory if you're in the New York area, New Jersey, New England, New Year, I don't know, New New anything. If you're a brand new newborn baby, come and see me. Yeah, that's right. I want eight year, eight hour old kids in the crowd. Um, you can check out uh, harlowwilliams.com. All the info for the club is on the uh, website there. Just uh, click on to my stand up schedule. And uh, you can uh, come and enjoy the show. Don't forget, you can get the show at Stitcher.com. The Harland Highway is there. Free app, free show for your uh, cellular device. Check out the uh, Harland Highway uh, web store at harlandwilliams.com. We got my book, The Things You Don't Know You Don't Know. Uh, We have uh, DVDs, videos, T-shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, that I think you'll dig. And uh, that's it, man. That is it. Action-packed show. Thank you for your letters and phone calls. Don't forget, you can write harlowwilliams.com or you can call me, 888-500-2090. And I look forward to hearing from you. So that's it. Uh, I got to go get Dr. Ascot's lunch. (laughs) And uh, until next time, Let's hope his lunch isn't a big bowl of chicken chow mein, baby. Well, what do you know? A ham sandwich.